0: Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want, to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with LaCanya Murray, owner of Off The Mark IP Solutions, which is a boutique intellectual property firm and marked legal a media site that, has a, that that provides relevant and reliable legal information to entrepreneurs. How are you doing, Lakanya?
1: I am awesome. I'm great this Wednesday evening, I believe it is. I get my days confused, honey. <laughs> you,
0: you've got me confused. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, is it Wednesday? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not Wait, even sure. Is it Wednesday? Uh, yes, it is. It is. I'm like 98% sure that it is.
0: That's right. As long as you're sure. It's, I'll, I'll follow you early on that one. So La-Kanya, you are you're a lawyer correct?
1: I am. I am okay. a lawyer. So with both of
0: your, the Off the Mark IP Solutions and Mark Legal, are, do you provide law service within both of those or how do they differentiate from each other and what exactly are they?
1: Great question. So Off the Mark IP Solutions is the law firm where we provide legal services. That's something that I've started back in, well, I launched my law practice in 2012, but I niched down to what I do now mm-hmm. in 20, about 2014. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we work with clients throughout the United States. We provide trademark services, contract services, copyright services, business formation for people who are in the state. While Mark Legal is more of our product side, but I really formed Mark Legal because I found a lot of people are looking for information before they hire an attorney. They just want to—they just want to know, you know, and kind of fact-check things themselves, and they're going to unreliable sources like. Facebook groups, or social media, Twitter, or sometimes even YouTube, depending on who's providing information, they're getting information that's not accurate. So I created Mark Legal as a way to provide relatable and reliable information. One of the things that we do, we offer legal tea, where we talk about pop culture, but from a legal view. So it helps entrepreneurs really understand the complicated legal principles. And then we also have products on there for people who will need legal services but can't afford them, but they still want to make sure they have the business launched the right way. So we do have our like, contact templates and courses and things of that nature. Very cool. So two different companies, but still with the same, you know, purpose as far as helping entrepreneurs launch legally. Yeah.
0: And you said of off the mark, you said in state. What state is that?
1: Oh, I'm in Alabama. I'm down okay. south.
0: Down south. And that's an off the mark legal of the IP solutions is only for Alabanians. Is that <laughs> Alabamians? <laughs> <laughs> people from alabama
1: <laughs> <laughs> right I don't, alabama i don't know a, no so no so i'm able to help clients throughout the united states with trademarks copyrights contracts but when it comes to business formation that's the only service that i have that is state restricted gotcha but 98 percent of my practice is trademarked anyway so okay
0: and that's that's nationwide then for you for both of them in that yes regard very cool so how Absolutely. did you decide to go from like hey i've opened up my law practice to i am focusing in on ip trademark copyright stuff was that hard and difficult to like niche it down or how did you get there
1: well no i don't know if it was so much difficult but i would say that i got here because i always wanted to be here like first of all i wanted to be a lawyer since i was i don't know like 10 11 years old and when i got to Mm -hmm. high school i was like oh i want to help i want to help corporate people i want to be a corporate lawyer but then I was like, I don't want to be in corporate. <laughs> like, I don't want to wear the suit and be the stuffy and, you know, I don't want to do that. Sure. When I went to law school, I got out and it was a threshold lawyer. If it walked over the threshold, <laughs> I would take it. So criminal cases, <laughs> disability, all the things. And I was not very happy because I was in court all the time. And some people go to law school so they can go to court and talk and argue their case. And I'm like, listen, I don't like it. And I don't like it because you go to court for a 9 a.m. hearing, Mm -hmm. and it's after lunch, you're like, well, you might have to come back tomorrow. You might not get to your case. I don't don't like that. I don't like that. But I knew that I wanted a practice that I could pick up and go anywhere because I'm not from Montgomery. I live in Montgomery, and I'm not from here. So I said, if we move, I want to be able to pick up my practice and move. What can I do? What can I do? I did a little research, and I was like, oh, intellectual property is perfect, because I get to help entrepreneurs, which is what I always wanted to do. And it's federal, so I can help them from anywhere. And this is back when they were they were preaching the uh, what's it called laptop lifestyle. Remember that laptop lifestyle? Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna live that laptop <laughs> lifestyle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it really worked out well, especially since in my community, we have a, a huge history of just our intellectual property being stolen and taken and people not really understanding the importance of it, so it was really perfect. So it wasn't so much a difficult um, transition, or even the desire to niche. I knew I, I knew I wasn't happy doing all of the things, and I just really took a a bet on myself niching down because everyone, like even the attorneys, they're like, "Wait, what are you doing? Trademark? Like you're you're just gonna be on the computer helping people? Like you're not coming to court?" Because traditionally attorneys go to court, but guess what? We do have transactional. Attorneys that sure. never see the courthouse, hmm. and a lot of the business, the business owners. That's really what you need. You want to, you don't want to see the inside of a courthouse yeah, if you as, <laughs> as an entrepreneur. You you would like to have these things resolved without going to court. Yeah. So that, so that's what I do, and that's, and that's why that's why I did it.
0: Very cool. So was that hard to learn? all the other interests that go into like the IP and trademark and stuff? Or was that pretty, like, you are, you kind of already covered it within the law school and you already knew about
1: it and how to deal with it. Was there a learning no I, actually, I had to teach myself really because I didn't realize, I didn't think about it until after law school. I wanted to study intellectual or practice intellectual property law. So I mm-hmm. didn't take any IP classes in in law school. But I found great resources and I practice on myself, like following my own trademarks. And then I, when I first started, oh my goodness, you know, you need a trademark? $200, I'll, I'll, I will do your <laughs> trademark for $200, you know, um, as a way to learn. But it, was, it wasn't that difficult because I had the resources and you have the case law to help support some of your theories and things. And the application part is not, you know, it's okay. But you also have like legal, we still practice in law because you have legal responses sure. and writing to do. Mm-hmm. But I was able to teach myself, but I just did it slowly. Like I didn't rush into it. I didn't say, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to start just." I actually, when I transitioned, I was just telling everyone that I was doing this. Like I, I was myself a small business attorney mm-hmm. and just marketing was just small business attorney, even though on the backside, <laughs> I was still doing federal criminal law and other things. Sure. But I really didn't talk about that stuff. But it was like small business attorney. This is what I am. This is what I do. And I would just slowly take in those cases until I got confident enough to be like, okay, this is this is it.
0: That's cool. Did you ever have I, I the, started. I was gonna say, do you ever have the courtroom moment where you like bang on the table and yell objection and like very, you know, movie-esque that happened to you? Did you get the... <laughs>
1: um, so, I, I, so I had one, two, three. I had two federal, federal... Criminal trials and one state trial, two. Yeah, two. Um, they're nothing like. <laughs> they're nothing like TV. <laughs> and it, can I just tell you that was one of the biggest things too. So anybody that's out there and they might be listening you might be thinking, oh, maybe I'll go to law school, but oh man, I don't want to. You know, these lawyers present themselves so well. I was like that when I graduated law school. I was like, oh my, my first time in court, and it was just like a, a simple hearing. A matter of fact, I probably didn't have to say anything, but you know, not guilty or something, but I was just so nervous, and then I just sat back, and I watched all the other attorneys, and I was like, okay, I can do this, because <laughs> <this laughs> you don't have to be super, super brilliant or poised to, to do this, um, so yeah, so there was no courtroom, I had checked type moments, but it was really but it was fun, you know, telling those stories when you get to actually do a, you know, try case telling those stories with the closing and the openings and things of that nature. But, but yeah, no Perry, Perry Mason, Matlock type, type <laughs> moments.
0: That's awesome. So, did, and we're going to like jump way back now, but you said you mm-hmm. knew from a very young age that you wanted to do this. Did you come from an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial family or was this kind of like new to your parents of... Like, did they think you're just going to get into like someone else's law firm and be a lawyer, kind of like join in the ranks, or was it always kind of like I'm going to have my own business and do my own thing and like make my own future? Like, how did Has where, where did little come from?
1: I don't know. So little Laconia was a bookworm. Um, she loved to read. So they always saw me with a book. They were like, you know what? Lawyers need to like to read. You're going to be a lawyer. So I think. That part was heavily influenced because all the adults around me were like, oh, you're so smart, you're gonna be a lawyer. Because of course, there's only like, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be an engineer. Those were the things I so, like to read. <laughs> I was gonna be a lawyer. And I was like, hmm, okay. And this is before the internet. So if someone's telling you you're gonna be a lawyer, you see what's on television and maybe check out some books at the library to see what that's what that's about. But the whole corporate law came from, I don't know, that part just, that didn't come from anywhere. I just had this thing. Well, my grandmother, I saw my grandmother, she had her own thing going on. So my grandmother lives in the country. She was a bootlegger. And I would see people going down and, you know, drinking and having fun and hanging out. But that was really the only entrepreneur that I, that I knew I saw so no one really had expectations of me going out and starting my own firm it was you go to law school it's just like everywhere else you know you go to school you get a job Mm -hmm. and that is that but I knew from from high school that I wanted to have my own practice and like I said I have friends and please excuse dear Lilo who wants all the attention over here (laughs) but um (laughs) see but I knew like I have friends I'm like oh you're really talented. You should use those talents, and you can do this. And it would always be something entrepreneurship related. But my my route to get to here was untraditional. So I didn't just go to you know graduate, go to college, go to law school, and start my own practice. It wasn't like that at all. It was more of graduate high school, go to college, have a kid, finish college, work for a few years because did not have the grades to get into law school and we just we're just going to keep it we're just talking right mm-hmm. did not have the grades to get into to law school because sometimes you have goals but then you're like oh what does it take to get there and you're kind of lazy like oh i didn't do the research but i didn't have the grades and it wasn't until i was working at apartment complex and one of my residents came in she said i'm putting in my two weeks notice i'm moving to montgomery and i was like why are you moving to montgomery don't you aren't you in law school over here <laughs> first yeah first of all like why are you moving to montgomery that's that was the number one why are you moving to montgomery from birmingham to montgomery i didn't, i didn't get it she said oh well i'm, I'm transferring school I'm going to jones i'm like but they're not accredited why would you leave a school that's accredited to go to a school that's not accredited well they just got their accreditation and they have a part-time program i said okay well thank you for your notice put the notice in the computer and then looked at the school while i was still at work and i was like oh I can do this and maybe two weeks later I was in school like I, I had applied and visited the school and they was like okay yes you can come in because so i retaken the LSAT by then I was back it took a couple of years off from applying for law school and then I redid it and started studying for LSAT to get my scores up and everything and then they accepted me and it was really great like, like I said not traditional at all and then I worked for someone afterwards so I didn't just start my own practice I did while I was in law school. I got to work with a great solo practitioner, um, J.R. Gaines, really got that good experience of behind the scenes with the business. And he was not shy about saying, Hey, here's some work, some legal work for you to do. Write this brief, do this, do that. So I got to get my hands dirty, and that was awesome. And he was really great at introducing me to people. Hey, this is LaConya. She is a law student. And, you know, and then when I graduated, no, when I, well, when I graduate, when I pass the bar, <laughs> when I pass the bar, he calls, calls the judge and says, hey, McCline just passed the bar. Um, she can be put on the appointed list. And I will never forget that one of the judges says, great, we got a case for you. And he gives us the case number and we look it up. And it's a murder case. Like literally, literally just got my bar results. Just got my bar results like 20 minutes ago. And my first case Amazing. was a murder case, so my nickname now my my nickname from him is C Murder, because <laughs> <laughs> fortunately the case was it was dismissed with no and nothing that I did. They just didn't have enough evidence to to get to a grand jury. But that was my very first case, right out of you know passing the bar. That's cool. How that oh, long yes. did
0: you work with him after after that?
1: Four year. Work. Work with jr. Well, after I graduated law school, so I worked with them for a total of two years. One, my last year in law school, and then one year afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it just got to where I really wanted to, again, that that bug to have my own and do my own and to, and so, I did. And of course, it was amicable. They still, we still talk. and, yeah. But I knew that I wanted to do it even. But when I started my practice, even though I was a threshold lawyer, I knew at some point I was niching down to something mm-hmm. that I can do with with businesses. That's super cool.
0: And within your family, are your do you have other siblings?
1: I do. I have two
0: brothers. Two brothers. Are you yeah, the only
1: brothers.
0: only entrepreneur, or is that kind of running in the family as far as like everyone striking out?
1: Uh, I'm the only one that's doing it full time. My brother. I guess you can call him my middle brother. He has a a day job, but he does do some shoe restoration on the side. Like he started getting into that, and that was really exciting. Like seeing him market himself and in client reviews and all those things. That was really exciting. But no, I'm the I'm the lone wolf out here.
0: That's very cool. And I'm assuming you're the only lawyer as well, right? That's
1: Yes. Yes. And I have three kids (laughs) and they have always told me that you can have it. (laughs) It's like, you, you can have that. We're not, we're not interested in the least of being attorneys. You can definitely have that.
0: I love that. So what is the future projection for Off the Mark and Mark Legal? Like, do you have certain like projects coming up or milestones you want to hit or goals or ambitions for either one of them?
1: Absolutely. So with Off the Mark, that is our law firm. We just launched last year a legal subscription program, where we help entrepreneurs. We're basically their in-house counsel. If they have consultations, they have contracts that need to reviewed, any of those things, they can contact us. And we launched that last year. We have about 25 people in there. I want to have 30 people in there. And my goal is my goal is to only serve people that are part of that subscription program to really be able to have an intimate relationship with those clients and help them build and grow and scale to the next level. Mm-hmm. That is the goal for Off The Mark. Mark. Legal, we just launched that like two months ago, like Very two cool. months ago. And my, my biggest goal is we also have a community portion of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so to have 400 community members, but really just to drive traffic up, because if we drive traffic up to the website, that means people are getting value. They're getting the information that we're putting out. We launch, not we launch, we publish new content every Wednesday. Um, I think today, we have confirmed that today is Wednesday. We did, we both (laughs) agree that today is Wednesday. (laughs) Today is Wednesday, yes. Today is Wednesday. So today we we published an article about the six terms you should know if you're forming an LLC. Because everyone's like, oh, form an LLC, form an LLC. No one knows why the internet just tells them to form an LLC, mm-hmm. but if you're forming LLC, there are some terms that you need to know, so that was today's um, podcast and article. Yes. So Thanks. where do, yeah, where do
0: you it, uh, t- publish it to?
1: Uh, we publish it, on. Um, so that's what we're kind of playing around with. Okay. Originally, we were going to do blog, like blog written form, mm-hmm. but I also have a podcast, and I listened to Amy Porterfield, and she was like, have one medium, be consistent on it. And I said, we're going to give this thing a try. I'll, I'll try to do a weekly podcast. So even though I I did write it in blog form, I recorded it as a podcast as well. So you can get it, you can go to marklegal.com and you can read it or you can listen to the podcast there or any other podcast platforms. So that's how we, we do that. That's very cool.
0: And as far as future outlook as well, what are kind of the biggest problems that uh off the mark and mark legal are facing right now
1: oh, can you repeat that question i'm sorry yeah
0: what What are the biggest hurdles or obstacles or problems that both either both of the companies also have or things that you're trying to overcome
1: for me as an entrepreneur my since I've, my biggest challenge has been marketing mm-hmm. and i believe that it's been my biggest challenge because i've made it my biggest challenge does that make sense? Like sometimes you make obstacles because you have your own self-limiting beliefs about what you're good at and what you feel like. I didn't go to supermarketing. I don't know how to market. This is so difficult. <laughs> when in reality, I, I do because people have found me. And when I do certain things, more people find me, but then I just stop doing those things. So the challenge that I, I'm challenging myself now to be consistent in my core marketing strategy, which is, Creating content, publishing the content, and telling people about the content, whether it's running ads or just you know email list or whatever it is, and so far it's working. I talked to one of my assistants this morning. She was like, "I don't know what you did, but it's working. The phones are going crazy." I was like, "Yay!" I mean, because you know, like we talked about, like mindset is a huge thing, And, and for years. For years, I told myself that I could not do this. Like marketing mm-hmm. is so, I got to hire someone outside to do marketing because it is just above my comprehension level. But it doesn't have to be. So that was like the biggest challenge entrepreneur-wise that I had for for Off the Mark. And like I said, Mark Legal, we just launched that. So we're just, we're and, but we're doing the same strategy. We're, we're going to see how it works. I
0: think That's it's awesome, working
1: yeah. pretty well. And
0: you're absolutely right. Like I I am a content marketer. That's that's my business. And consistency is everything. You know, the analogy I always give when I talk to people about it is like, you know, you build a house, right? Mm-hmm. And the house is your marketing strategy and you leave it alone, right? You walk away what happens. It gets run down, it decays, maybe a squatter moves in, it burns down, right? Like. Google doesn't want to send clients to you know a rundown house, but when you're consistent, you keep showing like, hey, there's people here. They're taking care of the lawn. They're providing value. Google's gonna say, hey, this is worthwhile, and they'll send people to it just because Google's main priority is to provide value. Right? That's why I we have this. I love
1: that we, we... analogy. That is so dope. I was like, yeah, rundown people are here. Yeah. Well,
0: here's the thing, right? Like. I I call it the Google trust bias. And it's that Mm -hmm. as normal, you like internet users, we trust Google to provide us with relevant content. We do. Right. So the majority of people will skip the paid ads, right? We know they're paid ads is someone patting themselves on the back. Hey, I do a good job. Of course you do. It's your website, (laughs) but you know, you get to organic and that's Google saying, Hey, I trust this person to take care of you the most. And the next ranking is I, if they can't help you the next person help you, right? Like, and so I like stats. I'm hoping you do. You're a lawyer. We've hopefully you're probably talking some numbers, right? But like 40% yeah. of traffic goes to that number one ranking. 20% of traffic goes to number two. Right. 10% goes to number three, roughly in general. And it's that trust bias because when Google came around, right, everyone's like, "Hey Google, how many bugs are in Africa?" And Google says, "Oh, here's five websites that'll tell you how many bugs there are." Right. Right. And you've, you've noticed a shift that Google now answers your question. Say, "Hey Google, you know, how old is Prince Henry?" Google will tell you how old he is. You don't have to right. you know, find a website. And they'll ask you, you, know, you want to know where he lives? Do you want to know who he's married to, X, Y, Z? But aside from that, they'll give you the top resources of who they think provides the best value for that. And that's your content strategy is when you provide relevant content, Google says
1: mm-hmm.
0: these people provide it and they reward that with more traffic and visibility. So that was your education bomb drop for you and everyone who's listening them
1: <laughs> i love it but no we need that I, and i do i love i do love stats and numbers and numbers like you it's so important because if you don't pay attention to your numbers and your data you will just start doing you're, you're running yourself crazy because you're trying to keep mm. up with what everyone else is doing and i'm guilty of that i was like oh i need to go on instagram because everyone's on instagram but then i go to my google analytics and my traffic is not coming from instagram it's coming from Facebook even though I've kind of slowed down on Facebook or Instagram, no. So what did I do? Because the numbers said people on Facebook like me. (laughs) I went back to where I was appreciated and started making sure that people on that platform, you know, know what I'm doing. So numbers are very, very important. So if you're listening to this, know your numbers. Like that's one of the things you have to do in order to succeed. Like how many, how many leads do you need before you can reach your financial goal. Like how many clients do you need to close and how many leads do you need? And then how much traffic do you need in order to get those leads? Math. I used to be a math major. Did you know that? I was a math major.
0: (laughs) I went to humanities. I I didn't like math.
1: (laughs) I I know. So I was like, oh, math, because I'm going to law school. I'm going to have to to think and I need, you know, math is challenging for me. And then I started not doing well. I was like, why am I, I can't add. Why am I, why am I a math major? What, what, what? (laughs) so humanities yes philosophy major right here yeah that's what I have my degree in philosophy because so good. philosophy helps you think critically and write mm-hmm. I said okay I can do that <laughs> yeah well
0: and I love that you're talking about like the right platform for you as well because knowing your client avatar is huge and I think a lot of people don't recognize that as well and I think Amy talks about that actually quite a bit too as like you know your client avatar who are they right? right where do they live where do they go where what platform are they on and I was talking mm-hmm. with another lawyer, it was a personal injury. And I was like, you know, being on Facebook and like those groups is great. And that engagement get is great. But if I get, my kid gets bitten by a dog, I'm not hopping on Facebook. And hopefully that, you know, someone in my community group has that, like I'm hopping on Google and I'm saying, you know, dog bit my kid. Hey, I need a lawyer to sue my neighbor. Right. I like, so I'm not hoping that it pops up in my Facebook ads as I'm scrolling past. I'm like, Hey, it looks like a dog's mouth. Yeah. Lawyer, right? Like. <laughs> Like, so yeah, where, like, right here. yeah, where, where you show up and how you do your marketing too is really important. Like figure out where those fish are and like who they are. Like as my own marketing business, I found that my Facebook leads are not mm-hmm. as good as my Google leads. I and mean, because Facebook is full of the people asking and looking for the free advice and they're there for the entertainment.
1: Exactly. But when I know they exactly. search like
0: online SEO and that kind of marketing stuff and I pop up, that's a, that's a warmly looking for my services. Right, so the same thing for you and your your clients, like fish where the fish are because exactly. That's important. And use the right bait.
1: <laughs> right. And we're using and that's one of the things that we're focusing on too. So one is one of the avenues of marketing I want to focus on this year is so I'm gonna get this SEO straight. Now I did hire someone for that because what? <laughs> start talking to me about backlinks and all the other things. I'm like, yeah, I know. But we have gotten more traffic from Google and I love it. Like yeah. people are searching, like you said, people on Google are actually looking, they're not just looking for random information. They have a need and they're like, who can serve this need? Mm-hmm. And so where we enter our ranking is is going up. But when you take the, the Google and you combine it with, because on Facebook, I get, it's more of like my strategy for Facebook is more of just being top of mind. So when someone is looking, because that's what I'm noticing too, even though we're on facebook a lot of the people that are reaching out are referrals because they say, oh yeah that's right she can help you mm-hmm. but i've been hidden so my name hasn't been coming up as much but now i'm popping up again more people are referring me are you know for my services because they see me so it's just trying to be in the places because as an attorney i can't do google ads because it's just too darn expensive which again while we focus on seo and, and like you said, you just said it, Stephen, when we go searching on Google, we see the three ads at the top, we pay them no mind because we know they pay to be there. So who knows how reliable they are. And then we scroll down to that first option and we do not leave the first page.
0: So, absolutely. That's, that's where it's at. Awesome. well, look, where can someone find you? Like, I need some IP copyright law stuff. Where can I go to, to find you and get some services?
1: Let's keep this very simple. Let's just go to laconyamurray.com. If you go to my personal brand page, it's going to take you to my law firm and it's going to take you to Mark Legal. You can choose your adventure and I will... Hi, Lilo. In the case anyone's wondering if Lilo is a toddler, no, Lilo is my puppy. (laughs) who is very like, please let me go outside.
0: And that's L-A-C-O-N-Y-A. M U R R A Y dot com, laconiamurray dot yes. com, for everyone who's listening. Yes, and
1: that's where you can find me. Yes. Yeah.
0: Love that. Well, lakanya also, is there anything that you wish I'd asked you or that you wanted to revisit before we wrap up today?
1: Uh, you know, let's see. We don't have that much time. No, we're good. I was going to say, you know, I can talk about trademarks all day long and why they're important.
0: You can give a spiel, go for
1: it. (laughs) No, and it's not even a spiel. It's just that if you're you're in business, a lot of people now are like, oh, someone stole this or someone stole that. Mm -hmm. But if you're not protecting the brand that you're building, you're leaving it wide open. And what trademarks allow you to do as the owner is to prevent other people from using your same or similar brand identifier. That brand identifier can be your name, it can be your slogan, it can be colors, sounds, smells, shapes, whatever it is, when people see it, they think of you. When you see that brown truck coming around the neighborhood, you know, UPS is headed some to deliver some package, right? Because And you just know that, even if you don't see the letters because of that brand identifier, you're not going to see any other um, delivery truck in that color. Why? Because they have a trademark for that in that industry that's preventing other people from doing that. So trademarks are a great way. If you're building a brand that you really care about, you need to make sure that you protect it with registered trademarks. Awesome. I love Mm -hmm. that.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, LaConya, thank you so much for being on the show and everyone else. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you for having me, Steven. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.